Welcome to Excess Returns, where we focus on what works over the long term in the markets. Join us as we talk about the strategies and tactics that can help you become a better long-term investor. Justin Carboneau and Jack Forehand are principals at Validia Capital Management. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Validia Capital. No information on this podcast should be construed as investment advice. Securities discussed in the podcast may be holdings of clients of Validia Capital. In this episode of Excess Returns, Jack and I discuss the challenges and downside of relying on headlines when making investing decisions. The recent volatility in the market as a result of the coronavirus presents an opportunity to discuss why headline investing usually detracts from returns. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right. Um, well, the market obviously in the last uh, couple of weeks has taken a pretty big hit here on concerns of the coronavirus. And, you know, I think this is obviously on a lot of investors' minds, um, particularly when there's rising fear or concerns in the market and stocks are behaving like they are. Um, you know, it gets people worried and it gets people scared. People turn on the TV or they look at their portfolios. And I think a lot of times people look for answers during these periods. We're going to talk about some of this, but I think for for our discussion today, we'll, we'll relate it back to an article you wrote, which was titled um, The Dangers of Headline Investing. And you talked about this idea of, you know, looking at the headlines and making investment decisions or not making investment decisions off of that. And, um, you know, there was a couple examples you gave of things where there was a consensus view in the market one way or another. And then, you know, things went completely the opposite way for for stocks. And so investors that made decisions based on those headlines, you know, actually would have hurt the returns. Um, So maybe just to start, um, if you want to talk a little bit about your views on the coronavirus, if you want to start there, or we can go back to the original piece, which was when you looked at the election and the chances of Trump winning and sort of what happened coming out of that. Yeah, you know, headline investing is so tough because there's really two things you have to get right if you're going to invest based on the headlines. One is you have to predict what's going to actually happen with the thing that's in the headlines. So if we use the coronavirus as an example, you have to have a, a non-consensus opinion about is the coronavirus worse than what's priced into the market or is the coronavirus better than what's priced in the market? And, and that's very hard to do. I mean, neither you or I is a do- are, are a doctor, although we, we might review this information about this and we might feel like we have an opinion one way or the other. We're not qualified to have a, you know, an intelligent opinion on that. And so that's the first thing we got to get right. And then sec- the second thing we got to get right is how the market's going to react to this. So if we think the coronavirus is going to be worse than feared, well, how much of that is priced into the market at this point? How much of it is not priced into the market? And getting both of those things right is very challenging. And then on the back side of it, figuring out when is this he- when have things dissipated to the point that this headline is no longer a major issue and I can get back in, that's also really hard. And so we, we don't want to minimize the coronavirus in any way. You know, I, I have no... I mean, if, if, to be honest, if anything, I probably think it, it might be a little bit worse than what people think it might be. But the important part for me is that view has played no role whatsoever in my investment strategy because I've learned enough going through these events over and over in my investing career to realize that sometimes I'm right about these things, sometimes I'm wrong. And I, and I don't think I can take my opinion and develop a long-term investment strategy where I can change my allocations in such a way that I can have better returns than just sitting through these things. And I think that's the key with these headlines is it's, it's not saying the coronavirus is not going to be terrible. It's not saying the next thing is not going to be terrible. It's saying, can I adjust my portfolio in such a way that I can benefit from that consistently over the long term? 
but it's super challenging and difficult for investors because you know obviously what the media wants to do is they want to drive up the fear gauge they want to drive up the fear factor because that gets more people to tune in and the more people to tune in the more money they make and the more viewers they have so in some ways you know you know they're 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 motivated by sort of potentially making things seem a little bit worse than they are. I mean, they're playing off people's emotions of fear and greed. I mean, a lot of these, uh, you know, news organizations, they do a great job of reporting, but ultimately when things get a little dicey, you know, the music changes or the, you know, they make things more dramatic than it actually, than it actually is. And I think that scares investors and that also makes investors seek opinions from people and sort of, uh, you know, views from people because they're looking for someone to help them make a decision. They're looking for some guidance. And I think, you know, during these times of heightened um, market volatility and fear, you know, people do seek out these answers. And to your point, it's like, you know, no one really has the answers um, because no one can predict the, predict the future. We don't know. But it's, you know, it can be difficult for investors because, you know, they're they're more likely to be tuning in and they're more likely to be listening to people during these times of market uncertainty. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's us too. It's, it's everybody. And you know, Jim O'Shaughnessy talks about this a lot about how it's easy to say, all right, everybody else is affected by all this news and it's very hard to say I'm affected. But the truth is I'm affected as well. And you know, it was funny. I was uh, at a party the other day and I was talking to someone about this and I was giving them my opinion on why I think the coronavirus might be worse than than you know is forecasted by many people and i was giving things like the r not value which tells you how much you know, how much for every person that gets the coronavirus how many other people will they infect or i was talking about things like asymptomatic transmission and you know the reality is i have no business talking about any of that i have, I have no idea what you know i'm not a medical expert but as i read twitter and as i read more people who are talking about this i start to feel like you know what i have a right to have an opinion about this Maybe I should sell everything. Maybe I should cash out my portfolio. And the only reason I don't do that is because I've learned over the years that this happens to me all the time. You know, I research these things. I think I become an expert. I think I know what I'm talking about. And then half the time I'm wrong. And so, you know, as much as I may have an opinion on the coronavirus, I can't let it affect my portfolio because I'm, I'm not qualified to, to judge it in such a way that I can be smarter than the rest of the market. There's also, you know, looking back historically, all of these other events that have happened going back, you know, a hundred years, at least in the U.S. equity market of, you know, these crisis type events where, you know, at the time to investors, they looked like they could be really problematic and derail the market. And don't get me wrong, some of them have, but there's more cases of, and, you know, we were talking about this before where, you know, Ed Yardini this morning just published his 66, 66 panic attacks that the market has had since the lows at the end of 08 and early 09. And he lists all these different, you know, dozens of events where you could have basically made the argument the market was going to roll over, we're going to go into a bear market, and yet that never happened. Um, and even in your article that you wrote, you wrote about, you know, the performance of stocks during wartime environments versus, you know, the performance normally. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that, you know, stocks actually do in times of war, which, I mean, you never want to be going to war, but in times of war, um, for a whole host of reasons, you know, equities tend to, you know, at least historically have done better. Yeah, that, that's an important point, because even if I could give you the headline, if I could tell you in advance and predict the future and say, here's what the headline's going to be, the odds of you being able to figure out how the market's going to interpret that headline 
are very challenging. And, you know, war was a good example, but the Trump election is another good example. If, if I had told you in advance in 2016 Trump was going to win the election, what you probably would have done is shorted the market because there's so much uncertainty around Trump. People don't like the market particularly does not like uncertainty. You probably would have heavily shorted the market. And that's what the futures did right away when the news came out. But the reality is the, the market is smarter than all of us. And the market's thinking about deregulation. The market's thinking about tax cuts. The market's thinking about those things. And so the market opens and suddenly we're up. And so even if I had told you Trump was going to get elected, something that most people thought was a very negative event from the market, you probably would have made the wrong decision. And it goes back to what we talked about before. You have two things to get right. You've got to get the news right and you've got to get the reaction right. And even if I give you the news, a lot of times you can't get the reaction right because it's so difficult. By the way, on that Trump election, you, you pointed out this in the article, you know, Bridgewater, which is basically the largest hedge fund on the planet, you know, they, they had predicted a 10% decline in the market on a Trump victory. And yet coming out of that, like you said, the futures were down huge overnight the night of the election, but then, you know, they opened up and then it was off to the races for the rest of 2016. And no one predicted that. That's right. And sometimes these things are as bad and it does go down. And the coronavirus may be an example where that actually happens. It, it's just more, can you predict that in advance? You know, I don't, right. I don't want to say that we are saying that the coronavirus is not a big deal. Yeah. Obviously, we're not analyzing it at all from a health perspective, but the coronavirus could come, cause the market to go down a lot. Um, th that's not something I think we can predict in advance, but it absolutely could do that. The question is more, should investors be adjusting their portfolio? Because it, it, it's easy to look back in hindsight. And, and if the, you know, when we review this podcast you know, three months from now and the market went down a lot, People may look at this and say, what are these two idiots talking about? You know, the market went down a ton. Why are they minimizing the coronavirus? And, and we're not trying to minimize the coronavirus. What we're trying to say is given everything we know right now, we don't think we can be smarter than the market in determining the impact of the coronavirus. And if that's the case, then I can't adjust my portfolio in response to it. Yeah, there's two other things. One is more at like the stock specific level. This is, this is something, you know, you would hear Warren Buffett talk about, you know, Clearly, some of these companies will be affected in the short run by whether it's supply chain disruption or maybe demand side issues with goods and services. I mean, things like airlines, the, you know, the cruise lines, you know, travel related companies. I mean, as people's fear goes higher, you know, you know, that can have an impact on their underlying business. But will those worries today influence stop those same companies? three, five, 10 years from now, I would say probably not, or the odds are strong that they won't. So, you know, that's what you want to think about when you're buying and investing in individual stocks, you know, in the short run, these stocks can move around a lot and they're impacted by headlines like this. You shouldn't be making decisions on that. But, you know, when you look out, you know, over the next five or 10 years on companies like Apple or whatever companies you own, you know, the coronavirus, it, you know, won't be, what makes or breaks the value of these companies. Um, it will, you know, most likely have very little impact on the long-term value um, of the underlying businesses. And that's important because, you know, whether you're invested in ETS, mutual funds, or whatever in the stock market, I mean, you're essentially buying, you know, shares of companies. You're not just buying, you know, stocks that are pieces of paper. Um, the other thing just I, I wanted to say was, you know, I think these types of environments, though, provide investors a good opportunity to assess the risk tolerance. I mean, if you came into this year, uh, you know, after a really strong 2019 when the market was up a lot, but now we have a, basically a 10% decline in the market, if this feels like it's too much for you, it's too volatile for you, then 
you know, I'm not saying make a decision now, but use these types of events to sort of ask yourself, am I allocated properly and diversified enough um, <clears throat> so I can handle these types of declines? I mean, people that were loading up on Tesla and some of these other high-flying, you know, names that had done really well, obviously these stocks have really taken um, a big hit in this pullback. And so I just think it's a, these, these, oper these types of events provide, you know, investors a good reminder um, of that stocks are risky and, you know, you should be making sure that when you're investing in the market, you're allocated properly based on your risk tolerance. And this is an important time. We talked about this on our trend following podcast, but this is an important time to also reiterate the, the importance of not making binary decisions. And so if somebody right now is, is thinking about panicking with, with the coronavirus, your best bet is typically not to sell everything. The best bet is maybe make a slight reduction in your equity exposure, because if you are wrong and you sell everything, the consequences are, are very serious. And so most of the time, trying to make these binary decisions, I'm in, I'm out, those are really, really hard to do. And, and most of the time, those hurt your returns. So for someone who is panicking, there's no harm in making a slight, slight reduction. You know, you're not, you might be right, but if you're wrong, you're not going to kill yourself. But this is where those binary choices can be really dangerous, because you, if, if you go all out of the market, and you end up being wrong, that can really affect your long-term returns, especially if you go all out of the market once there's already been a significant decline. And that's the whole thing with the coronavirus, too, is, you know, it's, it's great that I was saying last week, you know, that this could get really bad with the coronavirus. But the reality is how many other times, you know, during this bull market have I been saying this could get bad? And so the, almost the, the worst thing that can happen is that when you're right. So if I, if I, like I was saying last week, the coronavirus could be worse than, than feared, you know, and then it gets worse than feared, that's where it really gets bad. Because now I'm thinking next time I got this figured out. Yeah, the problem is, is, you know, usually this stuff is overdone. I mean, at least, you know, every single crisis we've had since 2009, after the financial crisis, they haven't, you know, materialized. I mean, some of these have led to more than corrections. But I think, you know, Yardini had that thing that I posted on Twitter this morning, which was the 66 panic attacks, which he yeah. went back to 2009 and he, you know, outlined 66 different events, everything from, you know, uh, the European debt crisis to the debt ceiling to, you know, the yield, ver uh, uh, yield curve inversion to all this different stuff. And, you know, none of it basically derailed the bull market. So that's the hard thing with this type of stuff is that you just can't predict it. And the other thing is, if you really truly are, you know, a 20 year investor, a 20 plus year investor, everything is a buying opportunity. 2008 right. was a buying opportunity. I mean, everything, event, you know, the market eventually returns to all time highs. So the question really is, can you time these things, use these events to time things in such a way that you can get out before the worst of it and get back in before things start going up? And that, that's really where the problem lies. Mm -hmm. is, is you, that's very, very hard to do. Yeah, so I think that's a good way to um, maybe try to wrap it up. I mean, the headlines, I think, are everywhere you look. But I think the, the sort of the key takeaway is you shouldn't completely ignore them, but you also shouldn't be making, you know, and changing your investment plan because of them. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, and, you know, and with the coronavirus, I mean, clearly there's going to be an impact here on the market. So we're not saying there's not going to be an impact. There's, there's going to be some degree of an impact. The question is, can we judge the impact in advance such that we can reposition our portfolio? And, and I think the answer to that question is there might be some smart people who can. There might be some smart people who really can dig into this and figure out you know, an opinion that's different to, than the consensus and can do it. But I just don't think your average person can do it, and I don't think I can do it. All right.
Well, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope we provided some insight on why you shouldn't put too much weight in headlines when you're investing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Hi guys, this is Justin again. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Excess Returns. You can follow Jack on Twitter at, at @practicalquant and follow me on Twitter at, at JJ Carboneau. If you found this discussion interesting and valuable, please subscribe in either iTunes or on YouTube or leave a review or a comment. We appreciate it.